happy, happy Memorial Day. Hello, humans. Deep voiced Ellie Krug here with Ellie 2.0 Radio. How are you? Happy Memorial Day. I know that this is a day when probably only three people are listening to the show, but nonetheless, I wanted to tape a special show for Memorial Day. I'm uh, really thrilled to be here to talk with you. Usually with my LE 2.0 shows, what I do is I highlight uh, the story of an idealist or somebody who's doing important humanity work. And then, um, and then in the second segment after that, I talk about my work. But I'm flipping this today because for the second segment, I want to editorialize a bit. And so for my first segment, I want to talk about um, how uh, my very first uh, attempt to unleash uh, my idealism, to untether my idealistic heart, I want to talk about that. Most listeners know that I did not transition genders until age 52. Hello, you remember Ellie Krug, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts on the, on the world. Most people know that I didn't transition until I was 52. And for all of those years... Um, my idealism was fairly hidden because I was fighting myself over the need to live authentically. And there's a, there's a relationship between authenticity and idealism. It's very, very hard to be idealistic if you're not also living authentically. So I fought myself for a long time. I was trying to stay a man because I had this wonderful, wonderful life filled with love and and a lot of other things, and I knew I would lose all of that. That's a long story. Go buy my book if you want to find out the rest of it. But um, my idealism was hidden for most of those years. I mean, not entirely hidden because I did do things for people on the side, uh, like help them pay bills, but it was not large scale. But it became a point where I thought, well, Ellie, let's try and let your idealistic heart be un become untethered so that maybe that would help you stay a boy. We'll give you something for that heart, and maybe that'll allow you to stay a man. I know the things that we do to try and lie to ourselves. But so in the in the early 1990s, I was living in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I uh, was a very successful trial lawyer. I had a wife and children, etc. But I was Catholic. And, and so Catholic that I was the president of the parish council for two years on the development committee. And I was also a fairly sizable donor to the parish every year. The parish, um, All Saints Church in, in Cedar Rapids, had a nun by the name of Leonice. Um, Leonice, uh, I, I wrote here, spoke softly but carried a big purse. She was short and thin, not a very imposing person by any means, but you know what? She got things done. And she had a large list of people that she took care of, um, like making sure that they got money, gap, uh, gap money for their rent or for food or other necessities. Um, she, I loved how she operated under the ra radar. She was not a showboat. But eventually she died. And then once she died, everyone discovered just exactly how many people she helped. And that inspired me. Um, remember, I was fighting myself to stay a man, and so I needed something for me, something to placate my authenticity and my idealism, something that I could say at least I was doing to make the world better. And so I came up with an idea to honor Sister Leonice while also trying to carry out her mission of doing good. 
I created with the help of some other people, but for the most part, I did all the work, as usually happens when you get into nonprofit endeavors. I created an entity called the Friends of Leonese with the idea of marrying Leonese's list of people who had needs with people who had resources and would be willing to contribute directly. I went out, got a tax ID number for this event. Stay tuned to that, that thing. I'll come back to it. Um, the idea was not to have a middle person other than to have people, if they were going to contribute money to a particular person in need, that the money go to the church first so they could get the tax deduction. And then the money then turn around and be given out to the people on the list, the people with the need. Uh, the people that I contacted who had resources were so excited about this because rather than giving money to like the United Way or some large organization where you don't know exactly where your money goes, they could actually see that the money went to help a, a family or went to help an individual. And I would actually give them reports um, on how their money helped. Um, I to get this set up, we went to the church. I asked if it was okay, and the response back from the pastor was, yes, it was fine. We operated um, out of one of their offices, and as I said, the money would go to the church and then be handed out via the church, handed go to the church via people with resources. So we started down the road and helped several people. I have a memory of helping a newly single mom, one who was going through a divorce, who had a couple of children who could not afford to pay her rent, and the father was refusing to pay any child support, and she was coming up short. Found a couple of donors willing to give money towards that rent, got the money, got the rent paid. I think the rent went directly to the landlord, not to the woman in need. And everyone was happy, and we replicated that in a couple of other ways. You know, we, we had a logo created, a flyer created about the work that we are doing, and people in the parish were really excited about it. And I thought for a while, this is great. I'm getting to help people to have my idealism go forward, but I'm still staying a boy and staying a man, a man, a boy. They're the same words to me. And being able to um, keep things under the lid as it related to my gender issues. Of course, my gender issues were all about authenticity. And the long story is you can't keep authenticity at bay. You can't. It won't leave you alone. But again, read my book. But then the, lady, the ladies' guild got involved, and they made a decision about their annual contribution. So the ladies' guild at the parish, you know, they raised money. They'd come up with some bucks uh, for the parish, and they decided to contribute $500 to Friends of Leonese. They did that without me even asking for it. They did it because they thought it was such a great idea. And at first, I thought, well, this is wonderful, um, although... It was against the concept because the concept was that we were going to identify people in need and then go out and find specific donors. But nonetheless, I thought we could use the money to help print the flyers and do some other administrative stuff. I thought it was a good idea until I got a call from the chair of the finance committee for the parish who was very upset with me. Did I say very upset? And he saw um, in his very terse phone message told me that he saw friends of Leonese is doing something completely wrong. And the bottom line, the bottom, the upshot of it, because I went and spoke with him was that, um, was that they were, they were angry that my small little startup nonprofit was competing for dollars that otherwise would have gone to the parish. That phone call from the 
uh, chair of the finance committee, led then to a parish council meeting where I was essentially called on the carpet by the parish priest who suddenly expressed his displeasure over the fact that I was doing this, that I was that I had created something to honor beloved. That would be the right word. Sister Leonice was beloved. That I, that even though it honored her, it was um, problematic because it was taking money away from the parish's regular needs. So obviously I got caught up in politics. And, and the parish priest ordered Friends of Leonice to end, um, to cease. And I wasn't in a position to take it somewhere else and to take it um, to another organization or create it as a standalone. So it, it, it ended after that parish council meeting. And I remember driving away from that parish council meeting, you know, enter, leaving the parking lot in my car and feeling like crap because I wanted to help people. I wanted to make the world a better place, but then I couldn't do it because there are other people getting in the way because of what I viewed as, as quite pettiness. That experience later taught me some lessons that I used when I became the executive director of Call for Justice, a nonprofit up here in the Twin Cities. But that's a story for another day. The postscript to this was that about two years later, um, I got a tax bill from the IRS for failing to pay taxes for Friends of Leonis, even though it had been out of business for two years. turned out to be a several hundred dollar tax bill that had my name on it. That's where I learned the phrase from my accountant that no good deed goes unpunished. I, I learned that, that phrase with that instance right then and there. You know, I've since learned a whole lot of lessons because of that and other things. I'm now happy to report I own my own company, Human Inspiration Works. I answer to no one. It's a private company. It's not a nonprofit. Um, and I'm going out and doing works as an idealist my way without having to worry about politics. People call me and ask me to come speak. For the most part, I, I go with their requests because I believe it's important to spread, spread messages about the need for greater community greater compassion for all humans and for oneself. I'm happy to say I have no limits. I'm happy to say to you that I am doing the work as I want to, showing up as Ellie Krug. Yep, that authenticity thing got in the way. It wouldn't leave me alone, and I had to be me, Ellie Krug. I hope you've listened like this story. When I come back for the next segment, I want to talk about what's going on with our country on this Memorial Day this day where we should be honoring people who died for American values. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, um, or follow me on Twitter or Facebook, um, at Ellie Krug on Twitter. When I come back, I'll do just as I said, talk more about Memorial Day. Thank you. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. 
Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Stand up, stand up, you've been sitting Hello, this is Ralph Nader, host of the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Join me and my guests every week when we dive deeply into the subjects that matter to you the most, but are rarely on the mass media. Every Sunday for early birds at 7 a.m. and Monday at 6 a.m. And if you're not an early bird, 9 p.m. on Monday, right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota love was the RAV4 back in 1998. When I was traveling in February, I needed a rental car, and I jumped at the opportunity to drive one again. The RAV4 is fantastic with all the bells and whistles you need, and it has all the modern safety features to keep us safe comfort as we vacationed. It fit all five of us and our luggage with ease. I was able to revisit my first love. Now, you can fall in love for yourself by test driving a RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio. And I'm Karen. Join us every Saturday at 8 a.m. It's all about food, you know, Laura. Right, the health of the planet. You know, carbon-based farming can solve the climate crisis. Well, because community is medicine. And it's not about one seed to rule them all anymore. One seed rules the world. Yeah, let's have something else. Let's, like, Aww. worry about our individual health, our community health, the health of the planet, while eating food. Yeah, because it's all tied to food. So listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. On AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we're back to Ellie 2.0 Radio. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on AM 950. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Um, so I'm diverting from my usual course. This is a special Ellie 2.0 because I've kind of flipped things. But I'm also going to editorialize a bit, which I don't do a whole lot of, but I'm going to. So in the A slot, I spoke about a little bit about the interplay between my authenticity and my idealism. And on this Memorial Day, on this day when we remember so many Americans who died for our country and for its values, I need to talk about America's authenticity and its idealism, or lack thereof and how both are so completely threatened. I bill myself as a unifier, not as a divider. I'm not here to rail against the Trump administration or even President Trump. I, I don't do that because I don't believe that's productive, and that is counterproductive to what I stand for, which is compassion for all humans, regardless, because I do believe that 99% of all humans are good, that they want to do the right thing. It's just that many are afraid. And if you see 
much of what happens comes out of the Trump administration. It's based on fear. Fear of other. Fear of people who are different. People who are foreign-born or LGBTQ. And I believe that the good of all people so far, far outweighs the bad. But I need to make some observations here on this Memorial Day. My observations, in part, are informed by a May 18th New York Times opinion piece by Roger Cohen titled, The Moral Rot That Threatens America. In that piece, Cohen writes about how America has stopped leading the world. We no longer cooperate with Germany or France or Europe as a whole. America is going at it alone on so many different things like trade or Iran or climate change or refugees. Oh my goodness, about refugees. We, we don't let little Syrian children who have lost their parents, who have lost everything, we don't let them come to America to be adopted. We don't let them come to America to start over, to have, be safe, to be away from all that violence. Cohen goes on to write, quote, What eats at America, and so its place in the world, is moral rot, unrelenting blight that emanates from on high. Unquote. He references Kelly Sadler's remark about John McCain, uh, uh, saying that because he's dying anyway, unquote, we don't need to pay attention to John McCain. And or the Trump administration statements about immigrants as animals. And he goes on to talk about how this, this go-it-alone thing by Americans, by America today, how it is just not making us better, but making us worse. But Cohen in his piece is not at all not all negative because he talks about how today immigrants from all kinds of countries are here in the U.S. And they are, in fact, starting over. The ones who have been let in, the ones who have been here for a while or for years, that they are here, that they are grabbing the American dream. And you know what? I think it is so hard to see that American dream anymore. I think it's so difficult with our students who have piled up with student loans and student debt because the, the cost of education is so high. And then the government cuts back on the grants and then jacks up the price on, uh, on interest for those student loans. I mean, how can we see the American dream in work? But you know, I train and I teach folks about the need to look at the people who are invisible. I, t I train and teach about how we need to be aware of human vulnerability, of how to take risks to lessen or alleviate that vulnerability, and how to act with compassion. Those three things, risk awareness, risk-taking, and compassion, spell out the acronym ARC, which is part of my gray area thinking training that people so love. I just, I had someone just last week tweet that that training changed their life. And the reason that that training is good is because it provides people with hope. We've lost hope because of the direction that our, company, our country is taking. We have lost hope because we have become so isolated, operating with tunnel vision in so many different ways. But Cohen, he, he talks about 
there are great things going on in America that we just, if we just looked for them, we would see them everywhere. And they are here in the Twin Cities. We have people foreign-born, people from Somalia, people from Laos, people from Miramar. We have people from India and Pakistan and Bangladesh, people from, from Iraq, people who are from Iran um, before the Shah went, um, not many from after. And we have people from all kinds. We have people from the South in the United States where poverty is different than it is here. Although we have poverty everywhere, trust me. All of these people, when you give them a chance, when you allow them to breathe, when you allow them to show up, they, they are living, they are building the American dream. But that's not what we see in the press. That's not what we hear because we are so preoccupied with every bit of hatred or marginalization that comes out of the administration, out of the White House. And that just takes our attention away from the things that are good. Cohen closes his piece by talking about how lying and falsehoods become the new normal, about the way that the government operates. You know, of course, lurking in the background, even past the lying, past the intolerance, Past all of that is more intolerance and bigotry against LGBTQ people. It's not like America's problems will go away if the president resigns or is impeached. And Cohen closes by saying that America stands for nothing today. He charges us with keeping America as beacons despite what the Trump administration is doing. And now we're back to the interplay, the thing where I talked about at the beginning of the show, the interplay between authenticity and idealism. But now I want to talk about national authenticity. Our authenticity as a country is one where we transcend individual identities and personalities and we put in place of those personalities the values of what it means to live as an American to have the right to exercise free speech, to create a business if you want to, to live your life as LGBTQ without anybody interfering. Those are Americans' values. To, to come to this country with nothing and through hard work to be able to build it into something, that is America's values. And so as an idealist, someone working for the better good, I'm talking to you, my fellow Americans, and I'm making an ask my ask is to look for the good of America around you. Find it in the eyes of the foreign-born person you know or the one who is serving you at the restaurant. Find it in the words and innocent deeds of our young people, like the Parkland students who refuse to give in to the NRA. Find it in the water pourer at your table when you go out for dinner tonight. Look at him or her. Say hello, how are you tonight? Oh, it's so nice to see you. Thank you for your service. Find, your, find America's authenticity and values in yourself and share with others that America is larger, that it is much bigger than any one man or any one group of men.
On this Memorial Day, do pause. Do reflect on those who have passed before us. Please do that. They died for so very much. For America, for that bright light, that moral authority that we have always been. Our way to honor those Americans is to focus for each of us individually on our lives and those who we encounter and to treat them with honor and to treat all humans with openness regardless of skin color, country of origin, LGBTQ status, gender disability stat, gender or disability status or anything else we use to group and label. I believe in America on this Memorial Day, notwithstanding all the bad that we hear. I, I believe in the America that passed the 13th Amendment that freed the slaves. I believe in the America that um, where the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Brown v. Board of Education. I believe in the America that showed up and on, on the weekend after the Trump administration with the Women's March. Most of all, I believe in you, my listeners, the people hearing my voice right now. I believe in you. I believe that you have the power to keep this country where it should be for its values. Let us go forward and truly make America great again. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Hidden Edges, excuse me, on Ellie 2.0. I'm mixing up my radio shows. I want to be do a big thanks to my producer, Eric Nelson. Thank you. And to my listeners, enjoy your Memorial Day. I'll be back with you next Monday. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>